Hello, Doug. Hello, Karen. We are back on Hollywood Boulevard. That's right. So, real quickly, we have escaped from the block. And if you have listened to that podcast, uh, God bless you. Um, if you didn't, I just want to mention that you missed out on something that you may want to check out. Uh, something we're debuting that I didn't even know we were until Karen threw it my way. Called <laughs> Unpopular Opinion. Surprise! We're, we will throw something out that maybe, you know, the the masses don't agree with. And, and, and say why we think w- about what we think about. So... Karen should probably tell them we have spoken um, questioning the validity of the Bechdel test. Yes, which Um, I can't pronounce. If you want to hear more about that or know what that is or how to pronounce it, um, we're not going to repeat that. (laughs) Because I can't say it anymore. (laughs) But if you want to give the Block Podcast a listen, uh, Karen does a really good... um, breakdown of of why maybe it doesn't all add up and in the future you will probably be hearing more unpopular opinions on the boulevard on these podcasts yeah Uh, but for now you're just going to listen to a lot of my voice and you have my sympathies in advance (laughs) quicker than i do i promise because remember guys last week i had a book release so i have been in um book release land and so i have like absolutely nothing to talk about on um, on, on Hollywood Boulevard here, except to say, except to say, the new book has hit number one, not once, but twice now in new releases for popular music, which is really exciting. Does that mean in two separate weeks? Because it's the same chart or how does it hit twice? It hit twice. I think it hit twice almost like not like not necessarily two separate weeks, but it hit it. And then it lost its spot, and then it hit it again. Oh, it reclaimed. I see. So it reclaimed, yeah. So I hit it. I hit it twice, which is really exciting. So like, I have screenshots of like that little orange banner on Amazon that says number one. Yeah, well, there you have it, guys. Karen is a big fucking deal, and I am her mere surf. <laughs> I am such a big fucking deal. It's it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. So yeah. So um so I I've like kind of had my head down. Like I just haven't been in the world of um TV or movies or anything. So like I've got nothing to talk about. Well, I have some thoughts on things. So Good. I'll share them. Um I'm I really want to spend some time on this podcast talking about the show Rami. Um, created by and starring the actor-comedian Rami Youssef. Do you know anything about it? No. Well, this is one of those rare cases where I had some sort of predetermined thoughts about what it would be going in, and I'm very happy to say Doug was wrong. Ooh. much better than I thought it was going to be. It has now had two seasons on Hulu. The first season, he already won a Golden Globe for Best Actor in a Comedy, and now it's nominated for Actor and Supporting Actor in a Comedy at the Emmys. And um, like I said, he created it himself. He has also written and directed the lion's share of each season's episodes. Um, And it's about a first-generation American Muslim. He lives in North Jersey, um, and he's from an Egyptian family and tied to the Egyptian community. But he's also like... A 20-something slacker and, you know, a single guy who's sleeping around. And so 
my beloved and I both watched the show together. I was the one who kind of said, come on, let's watch it. And I don't think she really had any interest in it. And we both sort of turned to each other and were like, this is really good. I want to keep mm. watching. It is not what we thought. I thought it was going to be more like this guy was, um, and Alyssa has said this too, kind of like the Muslim version of a Pete Davidson. Like okay, just yep. a real, a real douchebag, like head up his ass kind of guy. And, and he's not primarily because the Rami character is more vulnerable and prone to self-reflection and admitting when he's wrong. Um, which I think is really unique and you don't see that a lot in shows. He's 28, 29 now. So he's 26, 27 as he was writing the show, I guess. Um, and, and it's, it's really smart and it's really well acted. And there are multiple episodes that follow other characters, namely his mother, his father, his sister, and his uncle primarily. Okay. Um, and they basically get whole episodes and Rami as a character is barely in them. It's following them doing something else or learning something about how they fit in, in the current world questioning things about them. And those are often my favorite episodes of each season. Um, you know who plays his mother? Mm-mm. Her name is Hayam Abbas. She is Marsha, Brian Cox's wife on Succession. Oh, okay. And she doesn't get a lot to do of all the characters on Succession, but right. this show is very generous to her. She really should be an Emmy nominee this year. She's terrific. Um, and Amir Waqid is the name of the actor who plays his father, who also should be Emmy nominated because, um, I mean, the work they do is really just so beautiful. It's a great showcase for both of them. Um, the, you know, the way the storylines unspool, it's really quite eye-opening and it just feels very known. It feels very lived in. Like he's writing about something that he really knows what he's talking about, but also, it, like, it couldn't feel more 2019, 2020 when you, when you watch it. it okay. feel, there's a lot of currency there. Um, the other actor who was nominated, I mentioned there's a supporting actor nomination, is from Herschel Ali of um, Moonlight and Green Book fame, two-time Oscar winner. He um, is in the second season as a sheik that... Um, I guess I could say takes Rami under his wing. I actually think that is maybe one of the less successful or less illuminating threads going on in the series. Um, but I don't really want to harp. Um, there's so much that is right with this show. Um, I think it's a true bright spot in the TV slash streaming landscape. Um, it is so rare for me to really tell myself I am wrong or to be so happily surprised by a show, especially by someone <laughs> so much younger than me now, um, that I like give him all the props in the world. Cool. I'm going so to check that out. Then. And yeah, it's each, each season is 10 episodes and they're half hour episodes. Cool. It sounds really good. And I know that yeah, we're definitely, it is, it's really good and it's really easy to get right into. Um, and it's filmed primarily New York, New Jersey. So it's all, again, it's a lot of East coast actors. Cool. We love that. Um, so, yeah, so that's my big thumb up, uh, perhaps, of the summer. Um, speaking of Emmy nominations, you know what we gave a try? What? The Mandalorian. 
Oh, which one? That's the one on Disney, right? It's on Disney Plus, which we now get as part of like a Verizon uh, yeah. subscription. So since we're not paying extra for it, we decided to give it a try. I mean, you're less of a Star Wars person than I am, correct? Oh, I am so not a Star Wars. Yeah, I have like, uh, yeah, I... no interest in this whatsoever. You know, I mean, this one is ostensibly part of the Star Wars universe, but it's really. I mean, there were shows I watched in the 80s that were anthology shows, like, did you ever see The Hitcher? Uh, maybe? Which was basically about, oh no, it was actually, I think, The Hitcher is a, a movie with Rucker Howard. The Hitchhiker is a show that was on maybe USA. And it was Maybe just, like a few, yeah, like a few episodes. Like, like, The Hitchhiker gets into a car with different people, and every episode it's a different person's situation right yeah i was encountering it was more about like that episode situation it's kind of like high maintenance is more about like every week the guy who's dealing pot like encounters different people and it's more about those people the mandalorian is protecting the baby yoda that you've probably seen yes i've seen baby yoda and but it's really just about every week is like a new chapter of you know, the, you know, the Mandalorian's quest while shepherding the Yoda along. He's going to encounter some new bad guys um, and then move on with Baby Yoda in tow is kind of all it is. It's, it's like cute because the Baby Yoda is, you know, created with very human infantile responses. Um, so it's like adorable. It's basically doing what gizmo was 30 years ago 35 years ago in gremlins they're like oh it's fuzzy and it's cute and it makes baby noises um the show itself just structurally dramatically i don't think offers that much but if you feel like you're a completist and obviously i know this isn't you but you are someone who wants to watch everything in the star wars universe i get it i just think you could watch virtually any episode interchangeably and get the same amount of little from it. So watch Romney first. Okay. Um, I also did give that new Muppets show, Muppets Now, a try. Also what on Disney that? Plus. Oh, that's on Disney Plus. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, they're trying to take the Muppets into, you know, the modern age. They're now trying to launch, like, a web series. And it doesn't work. You know, I don't know who this is for, because... If you grew up watching the Muppets and are old enough to like want to see them because you love them, you want to see them the way they were. Um, and if you're younger and don't know the Muppets, I don't know what the enticement is for you now. You have other things that are your things, so doesn't really work. It's not. It's not really funny. It doesn't really have like the warm-hearted appeal. They all just now seem like shallow people that want to be influencers on the show. Oh, it reminds me of kind of, okay, stick with me. It reminds me of the animated Scooby-Doo and how many times they tried to reboot it and it and never had the, the same thing. Yeah. yeah. How it never had the same appeal of the original. It's like the original was always, will always be hands down the best Scooby-Doo and you anything just, else yeah. that comes is just a poor imitation. You're an imitator. Yeah. Like just 
build something new. Don't try and, and reinvent it because the magic is going to be gone. Well, and not only that, but they, they like, they change the animation. They change the voice actors. They, you know, like they change all this stuff that didn't need to be changed because that was exactly what was so charming about the first. Well, and- that's the thing. You had practical puppetry with the original Muppets. And now I think it's at least a combination of some puppetry and lots of CGI. Yeah. And like, it's not the same. It's not the same. No, it's not the same. So unpopular opinions there, I suppose. But watch Rami. (laughs) I also uh, finished a book that I've been trying to get through forever. It came out maybe a year and a half ago. Not that the book is bad. In fact, it's very good. It was just a matter of time and stress and worlds falling apart. Um, But I think you would like this. It's called The Lady from the Black Lagoon by an author named Mallory O'Meara. Have you heard of it? Uh, No. So she herself is a big fan of, like, genre storytelling, like horror movies and sci-fi, and is herself sort of an indie filmmaker. Um, And she was fascinated with a woman who's been forgotten by history and the entertainment industry named Millicent Patrick. She's also gone by a couple different names over her life. But uh, the author, Mallory O'Meara, set out to write, uh, investigate, and then write a biography about her. This woman was a really talented artist and also a sometime actress in the 30s, 40s, 50s. She is the one who actually created the design for the Creature from the Black Lagoon movie of the 1950s, which is actually a very iconic and beautiful, um, and as it turned out, very practical um, costume for what was a B-horror movie, but a fairly successful one. Um, and so it's kind of a several-pronged um, biography. There, She does put a lot of herself in here, Mallory O'Meara. She talks about her own work as a woman in the industry and as someone who loved watching horror movies and who some of her inspirations were growing up. Um, and it covers, she has moved from New York to L.A., and at the same time of embarking on this book. And she's learning more about LA as she's learning more about this woman, Millicent, um, which involves a lot of California history. Her father helped build the famous William Randolph Hearst castle in California. Um, So there are roots there. And the more work that she does to discover more about Millicent Patrick's life, she learns that there was a lot of, sexism and harassment that she had to contend with particularly by the boss of her department um who essentially erased her from the narrative of Mm. the black of the creature from the black lagoon movie and ultimately from the studio uh and she can even relay her own experiences dealing with callous producers and actors who say completely misogynist things to her while in work meetings, that sort of thing. So like I was saying before with Rami, this book, which was probably pitched several years ago, likely even before the Me Too movement had a name, but and came out a year and a half ago. I mean, it ties into so many current conversations that we are having. And it's also fueled by a love of movies and hard work and, you know, getting noticed for your hard work. Um, And, you know, she is very transparent about all the research she did, the library she went to, the people she got to interview, and the lucky breaks she had along the way. So it ends up being a love letter to generational Los Angeles and how the people that have been there 
for decades, you know, the doors that they were able to open to her as well. Um, while she's very forthright about harassment that Millicent Patrick experienced and that she experienced, it's also a very warm-hearted look at, like, what happens sometimes when, when you try and tell your hero's story. It's about 300 pages, but I found it to be a, a really rich, extremely well-written book. I look forward right. to seeing what else she might write, and I definitely want to follow her more as a filmmaker as well. So uh, I will probably end up tweeting this podcast at her, but I'm throwing a big podcast and Hollywood fan Valentine to uh, Mallory O'Meara's way. Um, for anyone who's interested, again, it's Lady from the Black Lagoon. I'm putting that on my want to read list on Goodreads. Yeah, it's a, and it's, if you have time to read, it's a fast read. Okay, good. Um, it's, you know, I'm just going to, I'm not going to um, talk about it too much because I haven't read it yet. It's on, um, I've actually pre-ordered it yesterday. Um, but it's a book that is kind of, that's reminding me of like your, this seems like it has some parallels there. Um, do you know who Lisa Robinson is? She's a music. Yeah. She's a music journalist. She writes a column for Vanity Fair. Um, I think she uh, had a column in the New York times for a while. I think she wrote for the New York post. Um, she's a music journalist and she wrote a book that's coming out, uh, in November, uh, called nobody ever asked me about the girls, women, music, and fame. And so, yes. yeah. And so she's basically writing about the female performers who she's interviewed, um, over the years, uh, you know, sort of at the peak of their careers is what the, you know, the, um, the book description says, uh, how to Lisa, these, these artists, the, these female artists were the true re- revelations. And so basically she's going through, um, more than 40 female artists. It says you get Tina Turner, Joni Mitchell, Stevie Nicks, Donna Summer, Bette Midler, Alanis Morissette, Linda Rods- Ronstadt, Mary J. Blige, Lady Gaga, J-Lo, Adele, Beyonce, Rihanna, and numerous oh, wow. others. Yeah, so it's going to be... Um, Robinson's a great journalist. Um, she is. You're right. You're right. I um, I remember her byline now. Yeah, uh, I always... This book is definitely something I would want to read. I always turn to her in Vanity Fair. Like, I think that she is very smart, uh, very smart writer, very smart about music. Um, she knows her shit. And so I rarely, if ever pre-order books. Um, and this was like a one click for me. I was like, yep, I'm buying it. Um, it's coming out in hardcover, which I was a little surprised about for some reason, um, which is really expensive, twenty seven ninety nine, but Kindle is fourteen ninety nine. So, you know, Oh well, yeah. So be it. Yes. So be it. But um but I but that's on my, you know, that's definitely going on my to read list because um I find that whole thing fascinating and obviously I write you know, I'm in the the midst of a epic rock star romance saga. So um so this will be useful I think too. I was kind of bummed out that I had to pre-order it. I was like, I'd like it now, please. I want it now. Yeah. <laughs> like it now, please. This would be really useful. <laughs> Um, and um, I should say the full title of the book is The Lady from the Black Lagoon, Hollywood Monsters, and the Lost Legacy of Millicent Patrick. Again, by Mallory O'Meara. And she is working on something new, I think. Yeah, her second book, Girly Drinks, The History of Women Making and Drinking Alcohol All Over the World, is also forthcoming. So, oh, no, wait, if you like wait, one, wait. there's a second one. Oh my god, that's Really? That's such a, that's a weird, 
that's a that's a that's a switch. Yeah. Well, I guess these are things she loves. Good for her. Classic horror movies and um, drinking. I don't know. Um, my guess is it's going to have a really interesting combination of research and life experience. Right. 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 Yeah, um, but yeah, I'm very, very impressed by her. She's someone I would love to, you know, meet in person at some point and just talk about the movies we love with. Oh, that sounds like fun. Um, so, yeah. See, I had good things to say. I had nice things to say at least part of the time today. Cool. Again, you guys, if there are things you want us to talk about, what are you seeing? What are you reading? What are you watching, listening to... What's on your mind? Let us know, because we'll dive right in. Yep. In the meantime, uh, you can always also let us know what you think by taking a ride over to iTunes and giving us one, two, three, four, five stars. We will take nothing less. I mean, we'll take what you give us, but we want the five. (laughs) No, no, we'll take nothing less. (laughs) Nothing less than the five. Nothing, Nothing. less. I lied. Nothing, Nothing less. Oh, so, yeah. Karen, yes. again, great job with the book. Very, thank very you. happy to hear about its success. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and thank you guys for listening to me go on and on about it. I appreciate so, it. So uh, I guess we've hit the end of the boulevard. Yeah, I'm going to bed. I'm exhausted. <laughs> All right. Bedtime for... All right, guys. Yeah, thanks Thanks for sticking with us. Be well, and we will see you back on the boulevard. Bye. Bye.